How Can We Use the USGBC podcast? I am your host, Elizabeth Thompson. Today, some say there are more opportunities than ever to advocate for a healthier, more sustainable, more resilient world. How can we use our knowledge of our unique places to amplify the good we can do in the world? In this conversation, USGBC's Senior Manager of State and Local Advocacy, Jennifer Gundy, will reveal her top tips for how to be an advocate. Jennifer, I'm so thrilled to have you with us today. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, I mean, we're, we're all reading the same stories. We're hearing the ever-increasing urgency needed to address climate change, but also the growing slate of opportunities to help from advances in technology, better design practices, the unprecedented funding coming from the IRA programs. There's just never been a better time for folks to get involved. We're so glad to have you with us. Over the years, people at all stages of their career have shared that while they love their work and their firms or organizations, they're looking for more ways to contribute. We know that advocacy, engagement, and decision-making is a powerful tool to apply the knowledge we have to create more sustainable built environments and programs that bring benefits in the long and short terms. Advocacy is absolutely a beautiful tool. I spend my days using it to advance good green building policy, but for folks new to that, getting involved in policy can be intimidating. It, it looks complicated. Um, it's not done the same at the federal, state, or local levels. No two states or cities do policy the same way. The details, the vernacular, the players, it all varies, and, and many of those details change regularly. Uh, but we don't look at that complicated nature as a barrier. It shouldn't be something that keeps individuals from getting involved in green building policy. What it means is there are that many more opportunities for one to influence important decisions. That there are a wide variety of activities anyone can do to advance sustainability in their community. I didn't realize there were so many ways to get involved. I can't wait to learn more. Advocacy is exactly uh, what you said earlier. It's engagement in decision-making, but that influencing starts at the nexus of education and relationships, sharing our green building stories, experience, and passion with others, something we're likely already doing. I'm doing it, you're doing it. Um, we talk about sustainability to others um, in the building professions, our friends, strangers at a cocktail party. All of that is advocacy. So one of the easiest things someone can do uh, to help others is just be more vocal and more intentional about sharing their green building knowledge with others. In, in advocacy terms, I refer to it as establishing a presence. Policymakers, both elected officials and key staff, they're all very busy people. They're juggling many priorities. They have a lot of goals. Some of them have knowledge about green building strategies. They have green building front of mind, but most need influence to get it on their radar and keep it there. We do not all need to have policymakers that are subject matter experts on green buildings, but those policymakers need to know the value of green buildings to their constituents, to the members of their community, that it is important in their community, but also who they can turn to to fill in the details. That you, the advocates, can be that subject matter expert, that policymakers can turn to you and USGBC for support. So folks interested in helping advocate for more green building for resilient, sustainable communities, then you can attend events. Policymakers, they host coffee chats, they have forums, a variety of open gatherings to hear from community members. Join those, share your profession and why more green buildings in your community is important. You can send an email to convey a similar message if you don't wanna attend those meetings. And as you build those relationships with the policymakers, go ahead and share your contact information and your area of professional expertise so they can follow up with you or USGBC. Thank you, Jennifer. That's a great tip to establish a presence so that you can become known to your policymakers. What is the next step in becoming an advocate? 
Well, if you enjoy sharing your green building story with other policymakers and you have more time to give, consider joining a local community, excuse me, a local committee where you may have direct input to policies as well as advising those policymaker leaders. School districts, cities, counties, even some states and metro regions, they have a group of residents they turn to for guidance or even significant decision making. These groups go by many names, committees, task forces, work groups, boards. Some are always looking for volunteers to join. Others are filled by appointment and one must apply. If you're not able to join one of these because of the time commitment, the lack of vacancy, whatever it is, know that they're open to the public. You can still go and sit in on these committee meetings. Um, you can know what they're sharing about what's important in your community. You can find out what ad hoc opportunities are maybe to contribute, and you can just be aware of who's making the decisions and what those decisions are. I like the idea of sharing my professional expertise with others and meeting folks in my community who are also interested in sustainability. For those who might not be so comfortable with that or perhaps don't have a schedule that will allow them to take that time or participate in an in-person activity, are there less social op options to help with advocacy? Absolutely. All policy is local and no two locales are the same. Knowing the landscape of your local policy, the policymakers and the opportunities, that's a role best filled by a resident and something that can be done alone at a computer. Um, advocates can inventory that existing landscape that is take the lead in knowing uh, the city they live in, the county, the school district, the state, uh, connect the dots of those knowns with opportunities to implement sustainability practices. Uh, one can identify who those policymakers are and who the influencers are. Large employer in town, a community college, an individual who's just well-respected, who's influencing the policymakers. Get to know that local language and priorities for sustainability. What element of resilience is most important to that particular jurisdiction? Once you learn who those influencers, who those policymakers are, what their priorities are, what the vernacular of green buildings to them is, then you can learn what plans may be in the works, where progress is being made, and where it's most needed. Once you connect all those dots, you can share the opportunities with other sustainability advocates to help out and, and push for where there are opportunities to do more. To help get started, USGBC does have a city building policy self-assessment tool. It's a, a checklist crafted for stakeholders to use to take stock of their jurisdiction's existing green building policies and if they can consider new incentives or requirements. Completing that assessment and sharing it with the USGBC team or the jurisdiction you're, you're filling it out for, that helps folks know what the next best step is. I really appreciate how this tip invites us to be deliberate and how we're understanding local needs and priorities. USGBC is so proud of how people in our larger sustainability community create systemic change. And talking about it together with you brings a lot of examples to mind. I know many building professionals who contribute to building and zoning code updates. Others advise their local governments on ways to address local challenges like stormwater or droughts. Community members can also work together with officials and other residents to create opportunities for renewable energy purchasing or community solar. Would USGBC's advocacy days be another example of this? Absolutely. There are so many elements to sustainable, resilient buildings and communities. We want to help connect those who have areas of expertise with policymakers, help show that USGBC is available to help them with that holistic approach to decarbonization by leveraging a wide network of members and volunteers. Advocacy days are an opportunity to tell your policymaker about why high-performance buildings are important to you and needed in your community. While traditionally held in a state capital, they can happen at the federal and local levels. They can be done as in-district meetings. They can be virtual. 
However executed, they're a phenomenal tool for building relationships with policymakers and reminding them that there are building and sustainability professionals willing to help them. And the same professionals are also watching their activities and tracking their goals. That's great. How can we find these events? Are they organized by USGBC? USGBC's network of advocacy committees, communities, and chapters, they organize quite a few advocacy days across the country, most in the spring, but throughout the year. We also frequently work with partners. AIA and Sierra Club chapters across the country, they host regular events as well. Local and regional environmental nonprofits are also a great source to find these events. In Kansas, a statewide clean energy nonprofit called Climate and Energy Project, they host an annual Wealth Day. Water, energy, air, land, transportation, and health. My favorite advocacy day name out there. Love the acronym. In Minnesota, we partner with Clean Energy Economy Minnesota. They annually put on a Clean Energy Business Day. So know that there are events that go by many different names. In general, Day of the Capitol, Lobby Day, Hill Visit. But the larger reoccurring events also have their own unique name. The opportunities are often listed on websites. They're promoted in newsletters. That's USGBC's method, too. We have an advocacy working group, our network of folks interested in hearing more about our advocacy and policy work and receiving notices of how to become more involved. One can join our volunteer group or can find the equivalent volunteer group for the nonprofit of their choice. That's a great tip, joining USGBC's advocacy working group and newsletters of other nonprofits. When you're engaging, you want to do it from an informed place. I can also imagine doing all of those things to educate myself and stay in touch. What's next? As an informed advocate, it is helpful to share what you know with others. We encourage folks to spotlight the good that is happening, any progress being made in their community. Um, and that can be defined any way that they feel is important to their community. You can follow your local policymakers on social media. When you notice relevant comments or an opportunity to add value to a topic, weigh in, give accolades and let people know when they're doing a good job. If the topic is about goals, priorities, investments in the community, ask follow-up questions and try to encourage them to say more about key topics like building decarbonization and climate action. Help affirm and amplify any resiliency conversations and the work that is being done well. You can also spotlight things that teach and inspire policymakers in your community. For example, if your community has a ribbon cutting or a tour of a new lead building, share that event with the policymakers. Invite them to join you to the event and hear more about the value of lead. If you're unable to attend, email the positive press coverage of those lead projects to your local policymakers. It was almost a year ago today that uh, near an elementary school near me, which was going to achieve lead certification, was offering a tour of their building hosted by our local USGBC community. I invited our district superintendent to join me to that event to hear more about the value of lead um, and what benefit it brought to that elementary school and broader community. The event would not have been on our superintendent's radar otherwise. And now that she's heard from a variety of building professionals about the many ways LEAD is benefiting the districts, from the health of the students and teachers to reduce operations and maintenance costs, experiencing that in person firsthand is substantially more beneficial than having read an article or a report about the topic. Thanks, I love this tip to spotlight the positives. It gives us the chance to promote specific experiences. If we're celebrating a great building or landscape or a policy that someone supported that's beneficial or a lead building or a zoning code change, those things can scale the benefits of sustainability to all and help to change local policy in ways that positively affect our daily lives or our taxes or the budget. Um, they all help with promoting something where we have the expertise and often the firsthand experience. Spotlighting is also a great way for those on the receiving end, both for the people responsible for doing something great 
and for those getting to witness it. We can give people the experiences that help them to understand so that they can learn firsthand, as you said, how to make a resilient, efficient, beautiful place. As someone who loves and has practiced architecture, I also love in-person tours of great places and enjoy social media posts from USGBC and our partners in the, in the industry for, as we share great work. But can all these small experiences really inform and shape policy? They can and they do. That LEED certified elementary school I just mentioned is an example. The school district had a bond issue before voters to fund the rebuilding of several district properties. A small group of local building advocates reached out to the local press, to their school board members, and spoke at school board meetings to ensure LEED certification was a required part of five elementary schools that were included in that bond project. They were small outreach efforts, but in aggregate, they set the school district on a path towards requiring LEED certification for the bond issue and has now implemented additional LEED considerations throughout the district. That's a great story. I, I mean, I think so. Uh, but it's also <laughs> one of the many examples we hear of every single year of how advocates help champion good green building policy in their community. It goes back to what we we're talking about at the start of our chat, that advocacy is just sharing our green building stories, experiences, and passion with others. When we share that with policymakers, and we share it repeatedly, that impact for healthier, more sustainable, and more resilient places is huge. So whether folks are just getting started or they're experienced green building advocates, 2024 is a big year for sharing that story. Getting engaged during an election year is a very important part of our green building advocacy work. I'll be honest, influencing who becomes a candidate and how those candidates fare in an election can feel a little out of reach. At the same time, no matter what side of the aisle we're on, blue or red or in between, we've probably all had the experience of thinking that we know someone who could do a better job than whoever is currently in the elected office. How can we really shape who becomes a leader? It's a complicated um, issue for many folks, but it's a crucial area of engagement and it's a lot more accessible than it seems. Congressional elections take place every two years and a variety of state and local elections happen every year. USGBC is nonpartisan and we don't endorse candidates, but we certainly encourage engaging with candidates before they become policymakers so they know from day one what policies and priorities are important in their community. Reach out to your candidates, everyone on your ballot. They're going to be in a leadership position. They've asked for that. So attend their candidate forums and ask important questions. Follow them online. Read what they place on their campaign website. Applaud what they're doing well. You can find local opportunities uh, by consuming the local news, going to USA.gov, or following local government on social media. Or again, join groups that help promote opportunities, groups like USGBC's Advocacy Working Group. We try to keep our volunteers informed. We provide talking points and resources. We even set up one-click campaigns to make it as easy as possible when we can to help those volunteers interested in doing more engage locally. I know that group does such great work. What kind of people are you looking for for USGBC's advocacy working group? And what does it take to be a good volunteer there? Well, anyone can join our advocacy working group. It's open to all folks interested in USGBC's work and are becoming a green building advocate. We share information about high-performance building policy at the federal, state, and local levels. Uh, members uh, receive examples and ideas of what may be good uh, examples for their jurisdiction. They find out about opportunities to engage with governments, helping them leverage lead and high-performance building strategies to meet their particular goals, goals such as climate action, enhanced resilience, taxpayer cost reduction, affordable housing solutions, the, the list goes on. It just starts by signing up for the volunteer network, and then you choose how much more you take on. 
Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. In your time at USGBC, I know you've directly worked with hundreds of local and state governments, as well as supported staff, partners, and volunteers as they influence, as you all collectively influence thousands more toward better places and more supportive communities. So to recap, roughly the tips that you shared were to establish a presence, join a committee, know the landscape, participate in advocacy days, spotlight the positive, and participate in elections with a bonus to volunteer for the USGBC Advocacy Working Group. Thank you so much for taking the time to teach us how to become effective advocates. I can't wait to try out these tips. Thank you for all that you do to empower us as volunteers to amplify the good we can do in the world.